Hi there. Welcome to Yokine Baptist Church. The following sermon was recorded at one of our regular Sunday services. I hope you find it encouraging and it draws you closer to God. Enjoy. Uh, we're looking at Isaiah chapter 40 and I'm reading from the NIV. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, Go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him and he recompense Oh, sorry, and his recompense accompanies him. All right. How does God prepare the world? A, um, a young couple were getting married uh, in church, which is kind of fairly normal, isn't it? And the bride was very nervous about the big occasion, which is another thing that's fairly normal. So the pastor chose a Bible verse that he thought would be a great encouragement to them. The verse was 1 John 4.18, and it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And so the pastor chose this wonderful passage, and he said to the best man, I would like you to read 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 at the wedding, because it would really encourage them. Trouble was, the best man wasn't a churchgoer. He didn't know the difference between 1 John and John and 2 John or any of that, and so during the service, he introduced the reading and he said, oh, the pastor thought this was going to be a great verse for the bride and groom and he'll say more about it later in the service. And so he read John 4.18, which says, the fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. <laughs> Encouragement gone wrong. <laughs> Encouragement gone wrong. Throughout history, there have always been people who have encouraged and inspired us. 
you know, people like Abraham Lincoln who said, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Everyone can remember that speech. Or Martin King, we can all remember, I have a dream that one day my children would not be judged by the colour of their skin but the content of their character. And in biblical history, we have great men that have inspired us, great women that have inspired us. I think of Joshua, who stood before the people, and uh, this is the verse that we've chosen as our, our family verse. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Or the Apostle Paul, who said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wonderful words of encouragement. Well, before Jesus came was a man named John. In the world we live in, we need inspiration like those men that we talked about earlier and like John because they encourage us and they give us hope. They help us to see how we can live our lives better and they challenge us to live lives of purpose and usefulness to the Lord. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be lifted up together by the life of John, the son of Zechariah, known as John the Baptist. He was the forerunner to our Messiah. And Jesus called him the greatest person ever born of a woman. That's a big rap, isn't it? The greatest man on earth. So here are are five quick facts about John. John was Jesus' forerunner, okay? When the angel came to Zechariah and he told him his son would be the forerunner of the Messiah, in Luke, the Gabriel said to Zechariah, he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. Wouldn't that be neat? Wouldn't that be neat if someone came to you and said, your child will have the spirit and power of Elijah and he will precede the Messiah? That's pretty awesome. No one said that about any of my kids. Yeah, they turned out all right. (laughs) A forerunner is someone who goes before. Sorry, Josh. (laughs) A forerunner is someone who goes before. And that's where the title for this series comes from. Uh, John was also a relative. He was a cousin of Jesus. His mum, Elizabeth, was the mother of Mary. Uh, And so when Gabriel came to Mary to say that she was going to conceive, as proof to give her confidence that his word was true, he said, go and check out your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is her, her six months who was called childless. Next, we read that John was a great prophet. In Malachi, we read, I'm going to send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And uh, Jesus said this about John, if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. John was also a rabbi. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, the one you testified about is baptising people. You know, today there are thousands of rabbis. It's a very loose term. You know, a rabbi is someone who goes through a Jewish seminary and they get their authority by being ordained. But in the first century, around the time of Jesus, rabbis were actually extremely rare. There were less than a dozen rabbis who lived in, the, in about the 50 years before and after Jesus. To become a rabbi, you had to memorise and master the entire Jewish scripture. 39 books of the Old Testament, 
thousands of chapters, tens of thousands of verses, and you had to memorize every single one of them. To become a rabbi, you needed to receive authority directly from God. You didn't receive it from a seminary. And the other thing is that teachers of the law, like the ones that are constantly challenging Jesus, didn't have disciples. Rabbis had disciples, and John had disciples. So John was a rabbi. And the fifth fun fact about John is that he came to prepare people to receive Jesus. So the very opening verses of John tell us he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. John's purpose was to prepare people for Jesus. The reason he baptised people was to prepare them for the coming of the Messiah. So John says, I came baptising with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. John's job was not to reveal himself, was not to big note himself. John's job was to reveal Jesus. So John is clear on his mission. His mission is to be a witness not to be the Messiah himself. So those are some facts about John. Let's have a look at the, the context of our, our reading today. John's story actually begins about 700 years before his birth. The message was delivered through the prophet Isaiah, and it was a message of comfort and encouragement and hope. How many of us can use some of that today? Yeah. During that time, the people of Israel were divided into two kingdoms. And you see it up there, the map on your screen. The kingdom in the north was called Israel. The kingdom in the south was called Judah. Um, I might have mentioned last week about Solomon, how because he, he went and drifted away from the Lord, the Lord divided the kingdom. So the united kingdom that Saul and David ruled over, Solomon destroyed. Now, at that, that time, the Assyrian Empire, Empire was very strong and very aggressive. And the Assyrian Empire was on the march and it was conquering and all the nations around them were living in fear. So God does what he always does when his people are in peril. He sends them a prophet. Now, we know that eventually the nation of Assyria came and conquered Israel, first of all. And then... Oh, there we are. Nope. And there we are. <laughs> and then that's very distracting in back of my, back of my eye there. Um, but then Assyria itself was conquered by Babylon, and then Babylon was coming to destroy the southern kingdom of Judah. And so we read this prophecy in Isaiah 39. Isaiah will be carried off to Babylon, nothing will be left, says the Lord. So the people were devastated. The people mourned, and God heard their mourning, as he always does. And God responded, as he always does. And this is where today's reading comes in. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. It's a word of encouragement that in the midst of judgment, in the midst of darkness, that light and salvation would follow. 
This is the message of the forerunner. This is how God prepares the world for his son. If we are discouraged, if we are afraid, if we are worried about what's going on in our world today, we need to listen to what God tells us through his forerunner. And that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning. Let's look at what it is that the forerunner tells us. Firstly, the forerunner teaches us that when I'm discouraged, God is not silent. Isaiah begins, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. I like that word, tenderly. Isn't that a nice word? When we're discouraged, God speaks to us tenderly. Uh, A couple of chapters after this, Isaiah describes the tenderness of God in this way. He says, he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. How gently do you have to walk to not break a bruised reed? How softly do you have to speak to avoid blowing out a candle that is smouldering and fluttering? When the prophet Elijah was discouraged because Jezebel was seeking his life, we read that God spoke to him in a gentle whisper. When the Israelites are discouraged because Babylon's coming, God sent a prophet to speak tenderly to them. When the Israelites were discouraged because they were oppressed by the Romans, God sent John the Baptist to speak to them about what he was about to do that they could have confidence because Messiah was coming. See, the forerunner's message is that when we are discouraged, God is not silent. God speaks to us. Um, I mean, God doesn't always speak in powerful kind of ways that we can kind of like audibly hear. I know that's not a, a regular thing for most people, but it doesn't mean that God can't do that. When I was eight years old, I, uh, I didn't know my mum. My mum had a Christian faith, but she kind of kept it hidden under a bushel. All right? And that was because my dad was very anti. All right? My dad was alcoholic. My dad was abusive. It was not much fun. And so mum kept that side of her life hidden. So I grew up knowing nothing about God. But when I was eight years old, I heard the word of the Lord. I simply heard him saying, Jason, Jason that's it. And I ran home and I said to mum, mum, can you tell me about God? That was the first time I heard of God. I didn't know how much I needed him because it was only a few months later that our whole family blew up. You know, dad went off with some other woman and then um, this guy, his husband, her husband turned up at our house and threw a machete at my mum while I was standing there and, and it was a, and you know, and then you know, my dad and my uncle bundled me in the car and we chased after this guy and they went and beat him up and all this to an eight-year-old kid. It was pretty horrifying. You know, after we, after we came back to Perth and, um, and we lived here, we were in a house just down the road here that didn't have a, a phone. So when dad would come, you know, banging on the door and making threats and stuff, I had to jump over the fence and run down to the phone box and call the police. It was pretty tough for a little kid. 
It was discouraging. It was frightening. But God knew that was going to happen. And so before all of that happened, God spoke to me and came to me and became my father. So in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of fear, in the midst of conflict, God speaks to us. Now, sometimes we don't hear him. Maybe the TV's on or we're listening to Facebook or, or our music is so loud it drowns out his voice. But listen and you will hear the word of God because he is there and he is not silent. Next, the forerunner teaches us that God always has a plan for his people, even when we can't see it. In Isaiah 40, we read, the voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare a way for the Lord. Make straight in a desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. Anyone who's ever been on TV, even some boring reality so-called star, gets the red carpet rolled out for them. The forerunner is announcing there's something more than a red carpet coming for the King of Kings. He talks about the valleys being lifted up and the mountains being pushed low. In other words, every single obstacle is just cleared completely out of his path and he has a straight run for us. Messiah is coming. You know, when, when Martin Luther wanted to encourage himself, Martin Luther King, uh, Martin Luther King the, um, the great preacher I mentioned at the top of the sermon, he preached to himself this very passage. Every valley will be lifted up, every mountain and hill will be leveled. It reminded him that there is hope. Here's a man who lived through the worst persecution and, uh, and who really launched the civil rights movement in America, eventually giving up his life for it. But this passage gave him hope. It gave him hope that it wasn't always going to be this tough. Try walking through that terrain. That's hard work. But he says that that's not always going to be in our path. It's going to get better. The forerunner is saying that God's got a plan. God's plan is to overcome every obstacle and God will make a way. And finally, the forerunner teaches us that God always has words of hope for his people. The glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The reason we can have hope is because the word comes from the Lord himself. See, I can encourage you a hundred times, but I'm just a man standing here at Yokine Baptist Church and I'm normal and I'm human and I'm fallible. I may not always keep my word because I'm a human and I make mistakes. And any words of comfort that I might bring have limitations. But God doesn't lie. God never fails to fulfill his word. And so 
Isaiah tells us here that the reason we have hope is not because it's coming from anybody else, not from coming from any other source, it's coming from God himself. And when God speaks, it happens. And so we can have hope. John came to say to the people, look, you may be scared at the moment. You may be feeling small. Your circumstances may be overwhelming, but Messiah is coming. You can have hope. And this message of hope has multiple applications, which is just, just wonderful. I love how God's, God's Word can work like this. It can work for the people in Isaiah's day. It can be applied to the people in Jesus' day, and it can be applied to us today. People who are being conquered by the Romans, people who are being conquered by the Babylonians, and at the same time, people who are struggling with fear, who are in lockdown because of a pandemic, people who maybe um, feel that they're being conquered by illness or addiction or debt or loneliness or discouragement. Isaiah tells us that he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Every one of us is a part of God's flock. And God will protect us like a shepherd protects his sheep. Even now, whatever you are going through, God wants to wrap his arms around you and carry you next to his heart. When I'm discouraged, God will speak tenderly to me. I just need to learn to hear him. When I'm afraid, I know that God has a plan. I need to learn to trust him. When I struggle with doubt, God always has a word of hope for me. You know, when we kind of think of the prophets, um, we often think of them as kind of, you know, like big mighty men that kind of stood up and shouted and God's going to judge you. And sometimes that was a part of their role. That was part of what they did. You know, and we often think of God in the same way, this mighty creator who judges sin. But this passage reveals God to us in far gentler terms. A God who walks so gently that he won't break a bruised reed. A God who speaks so tenderly that he won't blow out a flickering candle. A gentle shepherd that will pick up a lamb and hold it tenderly. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that wonderful to see that other side of God, that beautiful, loving, comforting side of God? And you know, sometimes... God provides human voices to be that voice of hope. In um, 1995, uh, there were a couple of twin girls born, Kyrie and Brielle. Kyrie and Brielle were born prematurely. 
They only weighed one kilogram each. What's that, about two pounds? Tiny, tiny little things. They were watched over very carefully. They were each in their respective incubators. And Kyrie began putting on weight, began getting healthier immediately. But Brielle struggled. She cried and cried. She turned blue. She um, was gasping for air. Um, they, they wrapped her in blankets. They brought her out for mum to hold her, for dad to hold her. Nothing worked. Finally, a hospital nurse went against the rules and she took baby Brielle and put her in the same incubator as Kyrie. Immediately, Kyrie put her arm around her little sister. And almost immediately, the frantic crying stopped. Her breathing became normal. Her colour started to return. Her temperature came up to normal. You see, sometimes encouragement is a matter of life and death. A matter of life and death. You know, you, you hear a lot in today's world about mental health about people struggling with depression. People need encouragement. And it can be a matter of life and death. God uses us to encourage discouraged people. See, the forerunner was not a Messiah. The forerunner was a man. He was a mere human just like us. And God used his voice to encourage his people. God can use you and your voice to encourage people too. And I hope that as we go out this week, that you can be that tender voice for someone who needs it, that strength for someone who needs hope, that encouragement for someone who is discouraged. Let's pray. Our loving Father, we thank you for your word that came to us through Isaiah. Lord, a word that shows us that you are more than just a powerful God who demands righteousness from us, but you are a God of incredible love. A God who chooses to encourage us when we're down. Who chooses to lift us up, Lord, when we're in the depths of despair. And so we thank you for the life of John, the forerunner who came to point the way to your Messiah, that came to tell the people that hope is on the horizon. Lord, help us to be like that too. Help us to be there for people who desperately need us. Lord, I thank you for Simon's word of testimony at the beginning of the service, that people in this congregation brought that word of encouragement to him. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to be that voice of encouragement for others. And Lord, help us to hear your voice, whether it comes to us in a, a miraculous way, whether it comes to us through your word, or whether it comes to us through the touch on our shoulder of a loving brother or sister in Christ. Help us to hear you, Lord, and help us to be your forerunner. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for joining us today. An extra thanks to those who have generously donated to our ministry. 
You can find more sermon recordings or videos on our website, yokinebaptist.church, or by connecting with us on Facebook. God bless you.